When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On the Broncos Sports Podcast Network from Learfield, you're listening to Off the Blue, the official podcast of the Broncos. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Off the Blue. I'm your host, Dominic Sheldon. Off the Blue is sponsored by Saltzer Health and Intermountain Healthcare, where they deliver quality care and access to medical services when you need them and at an affordable cost. Saltzer Health and Intermountain Health, an official health sponsor of the Broncos. Today, we've got a real treat for you. On the heels of a fantastic senior night for the men's basketball team and their victory over number 18, San Diego State, we talk with the team behind the team, Tyler Whitmer and Adam Yetter. Both Tyler and Adam work in the sport performance, health, and wellness world for men's basketball. Adam is an athletic trainer and Tyler on the sport performance side. Their experiences working with men's basketball have been incredible, and the bond they've developed over the years of working together is an impressive one. You'll be hard-pressed to find two co-workers who simultaneously respect and admire one another while also giving each other endless amounts of grief. As always, we talk about their journey to Boise State, their experiences here, and we get into something Coach Whitmer is incredibly passionate about, all with a strong sense of sarcasm. So without further ado, here we go. Tyler Whitmer, Adam Yetter, a duo that works closely with men's basketball, keeping them healthy and strong and fit throughout the season. Also roommates on the road. We'll get into what makes for a successful roommate situation on the road. But first, the hard-hitting question everyone's listening for, spirit animals. Why are they important? What is yours? Yetter, do you want me to go first? Yeah, you seem to really enjoy this topic, so I think. <clears throat> well, I think it's an important topic, and I think any any person really needs to sit down and reflect about what their spirit animal might be. So for me, it's a grizzly bear. And I think most people would get that upon just 
seeing me and then my interactions on the day to day. I love salmon. I love blueberries. <laughs> I love the wilderness. Yeah. Nothing with your personality, <laughs> but I, it's all food based. That's how yeah, it all breaks. It starts down. with <laughs> food. And then I do have a young cub, a daughter. So there is this like, don't mess with the cub or you're going to get the grizzly bear. The only critique I have, cause I, I guessed that your spirit animal was grizzly bear. So I'm you did you. guess that. And I, I don't know if I've ever seen you happier than when I correctly identified <laughs> yeah. your self-appointed top, spirit animal. Top five day of my life when you guess that correctly. However, no facial hair. Can you grow a beard to, to further go into the grizzly bear spirit animal mentality? You know, this is a hard topic for me to talk about, but I have spots within my beard that don't grow fully in. It's genetic and it's something I live with, but because of that, I really can't grow a beard to the same quality as you. And that really, really bums me out. Yeah, I would believe But that. I live with it and it's a choice. Um, it's not a choice. <laughs> I have to choose to live with it. Um, <laughs> so that's where we're at from the hair standpoint. Yeah, that's fair. I also appreciate that you're passionate so much about spirit animals that within your own staff in the sport performance world, uh, Lauren Saleh offered up what she believed to be her spirit animal and you told her she was wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> why would you feel so strongly that you would tell someone that they're incorrect in their own self analysis? Feedback's important. Yeah, feedback is important. You know, self-awareness is something that's learned over time. And Coach Saleh, wonderful young coach, but that self-awareness piece is being developed and cultivated. And I think with self-awareness, you also need to be told when you're wrong. And so I told her she was wrong and to reevaluate what her spirit animal was. <laughs> so in that vein, we do have Adam Yetter here. He's not spoken a whole lot yet. So before he offers what he believes is his spirit animal, because I can't imagine he's thought enough about it. What do you believe his spirit animal is? I try not to do that. I think too much. Yeah. And so with that, <laughs> I think Adam Yetter embodies the qualities of a hyena a lot. So because I've seen him eat pretty much anything. <laughs> um, Again, it's all food based. I had a, I had a lunch that was questionable the other day and I actually made an adult decision not to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So he does have a kind of a cackle, which I, I find endearing, but there's a laughing component, much like a hyena. He's kind of always just roaming around mysterious coming out of the shadows at weird times. So that's why I would, again, the food base quality and then the personality quality. It's actually um, not that. Not that far. I was thinking. See? I was thinking I might be more of a salmon. Well, bears eat salmon. <laughs> Grizzly bear. Although we did we did discuss this a couple weeks ago, and I the closest thing I could come up with for myself, and I would appreciate um, some constructive, uh, honest, and um, caring feedback. Some other time mm -hmm. uh, is a mountain goat. Hmm. What is? I, I'm not disputing anything. I am curious. What are I'm just really nimble. Are I think, you? I think that's really what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't see it. He's shaking it. What was shaking his head mm, strongly. I'm questioning that. Yeah. Because I've seen him move and nimble would not be. Yeah, but do you see, but when you see a uh, mountain goat on flat ground, like it, you know, it's average. Yeah. But put me on a mountain. Yeah. See, and that's where the hyena is difficult to 
like really buy into is because you are you too. Well, and you like the out, you like the outdoors, you like mountains and whatnot. And hyenas, obviously, if you know geography, they're indigenous (laughs) to Africa. And that's not really, that's not really your cup of tea from where. I think you said that pretty strongly. And I'm not sure you know that they're hundred percent for, there might be other places too. Well, I was trying to educate my daughter on where Yetis come from the other (laughs) day. And I said the tundra and that was wrong. Was your wife very unimpressed? Wait, why would that be wrong? Because they're more like Himalayas. Tundra is more like a flatland. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you, you, what about, a, is it an alpine tundra thing? See, again, I don't know. Yeah. And But we are we are assuming yetis, the fictional also they creature, exist. Yeah. Exists. <laughs> that's right. And that's what they're teaching her in her daycare right now. And so I'm kind of at odds because I love the creativity, but like, Let's this is what I'm paying for? Come on. <laughs> You didn't get that. Let, let's let's attack handwriting first in our ABCs. <laughs> we are five minutes in. Things are already off the rails as to be expected. We'll try to bring it back. Do a little work talk before we get into your favorite office and stepbrothers quotes. But both of you work closely with men's basketball coming off Mountain West regular season tournament championship. Uh, an exciting season so far, certainly in the mix for a regular season tournament championship. Uh, always a possibility with this level of team. But let's get into what your day-to-day looks like. We'll start with Adam Yetter, athletic trainer. What is a normal day like working with men's basketball for you? Well, um, overall, we, we don't, we're not really an early morning type of team. Um, and I think that is probably true for a lot of basketball teams or, or men's basketball teams. Um, so we practice in the afternoon, which is uh, it's nice for me because sometimes, you know, I might get a morning text or a phone call, hey, I'm sick. Hey, I got something going on. That gives me time to figure out how to handle that, manage it, communicate, and then uh, see what we can do for the day. So that's helpful. Um, <clears throat> I've had uh, mentors, and 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 I say sometimes to myself, like we treat whatever walks in the door that day. So if somebody's got you know a, a pinched nerve in their neck, if um, <clears throat> a car accident from yesterday, um, stomach ache, like it could be anything. Um, the, the good thing is for me about football or excuse me about basketball is there's, there's only 15 of them. So the chances of having something crazy or new every day is pretty low compared to a sport like football, where there's just so many, um, uh, combine that with a collision sport. You just never know, you know, what, what you might be getting. So, uh, all that to say is it's, you know, the mornings are fairly slow for the most part. Um, uh, once we get closer to practice, you know, within an hour, hour and a half, Guys will start trickling in, <clears throat> go through their usual routines, you know, use, use a Theragun, stretching, foam rolling. Um, we'll do some taping and then uh, get them going. Now, I do want to get into your journey here before we go over back to Coach Whitmer. Many of our student athletes that are international will commit to Boise State sight unseen. You were not an international staff member, but you basically committed sight unseen. So what was your journey from undergraduate to Fresno state and then ending up at a Fresno rival here in Boise. Yeah. So graduated college in 2017 and we had a connection at Fresno state. There was some uh, alum from either side that had been kind of going back and forth for graduate assistant positions or internships. So there's kind of a relationship and it's actually Oregon state is kind of the the tie between um, the two because of, um, they've got a pretty good, 
storied uh, undergrad program and, and their alum are all over the place. So Oregon State is kind of what brought those two schools together. Anyway, so I got there, started as an intern working with women's lacrosse, and then became a graduate assistant working with the same team. And then um, one of our athletic trainers here, Lane Brown, Lane Hinson, excuse me now, um, got a job here in Boise working with softball, which had just transitioned to a full-time position. So she graduated from Fresno State, came up here, got hired, and then the men's basketball position was open. She said, hey, you know, we're kind of last minute is October. I know you have a thing going there, but maybe it'll be helpful, you know, see what's going on. And honestly, <clears throat> at the, I was at that point where I was starting to kind of reach out to my network because I had probably seven more months to figure out what I was going to do the next year. So I was like, you yeah, know, okay, I'll take an interview, you know, or, or, or apply and get some practice. And then it became, <laughs> she, she called or texted, she's like, hey, uh, what about not just for practice? <laughs> because we like actually might be looking. So um, I had a conversation with Kata and with Mark Paul. Um, and just talked about the position, talked about the people and what they were looking for. And it, and it worked out. So the hardest, the hardest decision was uh, I went back to my program director and I said, Hey, I had this opportunity. Would I be able to finish somehow? Or he said, well, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to finish. So I decided between finishing grad school, uh, which was just over one semester left or taking this job. And my idea was, and so, and it was on a temporary basis too, at that time. Um, and they said, look, we don't know the future. Can't, we can't commit anything to you. We understand this is kind of a big step. If it doesn't work out, we will help you get to wherever you need to go. And I believe that. So I decided to take the job and I went back to my program director and said, Hey, and he's like, well, we could probably work something out. I was like, God, like <laughs> that was uh, it's funny how that works. Exactly. Out. Yeah. Uh, Dr. John McMillan. So I was very thankful for that. Um, he was fantastic. And I felt, um, not bad, but a little bit disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to finish because it, I, I really enjoyed that experience with the, um, the sports administration, uh, program over there. So, um, yeah, so, that, so went through my first season and then, uh, COVID hit towards the end of that spring. Um, and I was, uh, somewhat fortunate in the short term that I didn't have to go back to California to take my exams because everything was remote. So I got to finish my classes uh, we did a remote graduation. So that part of it was, was pretty good for me. So, yeah. And you've been in the weeds ever since. And yeah. since you've been here, coincidentally, very successful time for Boise state athletics. I don't know <laughs> if there's a correlation there. Whitmer well, Whitmer's looking at the ceiling, not wanting to acknowledge <laughs> that might be the case, but uh, I think it, that's the definition of correlation, but causation I think is, is, you know, I took one stats class. So <laughs> basically yeah. an expert. Yeah. Now, Coach Whitmer, you've been around a little bit. Both of you two are from Colorado initially. Yep. You went to another rival school in the Mountain West. They weren't necessarily rivals when you were there, but Colorado State. You end up doing your master's at Kansas. You work at Oral Roberts. Back to Boise State. How did you get here, and why did you want to come to Boise State when you did? Well, I mean, I grew up playing football, and <clears throat> when you watched football you know, on Saturdays, the blue field stood out right away. and also being from Denver, Broncos fan, Broncos. So there was kind of a natural attraction there. When I started at Oral Roberts, uh, individual that had hired me, Adam Herman, he then came to Boise State. And so after I'd kind of worked my way up, cut my teeth at, at ORU, an opportunity came up to join him here. And it was a no brainer. It was a natural progression. And 
you know, it's Boise State. The brand of that Bronco is so strong, um, really, uh, nationally. So I was, I jumped on it right away and was incredibly fortunate that he asked me to do so. And then he obviously left for another opportunity. And I, I guess I tricked enough people into thinking that I should be in charge of that room and uh, have still tricked them into letting me stay in that room. So uh, it's, it's, it's just been an honor to wear the blue and orange here. Now, I do want to go into clarifying marks on your specific positions and, and titles and the realm of sport performance. Oftentimes it's been deduced to strength coach, right. but it's distinctly not just a strength coach. So right. why is it more than a strength coach? And why is that something that's important to your profession at large? Yeah, for, for me at least, and not not every strength and conditioning or sports performance coach feels the same way. I enjoy every aspect of performance and now strength and conditioning are two distinct, uh, you know, v- variables there, but there's so much more to it. In my opinion, there's speed, there's recovery, there's nutrition, there's obviously the mental health. And it was that the sports performance health and wellness model that we have here that was also so attractive, but then there's the habits, the lifestyle piece have, you know, teaching these guys that, when you organize and manage your time better, that feeds into performance. And so when we can optimize all those little things, I think that's what a performance coach should and, and, and can do uh, for a sports program and, and an individual. Now, obviously you all have to work hand in hand with one another for the betterment of the student athletes. I have to ask is, is coach Whitmer dynamite sense of humor, very caring individual, maybe a bit rough exterior at first, like looking, well, <laughs> also why I'm a bear. <laughs> what was your experience? You two are close now, but do you remember, did you feel welcomed by Tyler Whitmer on day one? And what was that turning point that you felt like this was going to be a successful working relationship? Well, actually, so when I was talking with Mark and Kata, we didn't have a strength coach, performance coach. Um, You're and, already screwing it up. We just went over this. Well, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know. I didn't know the nomenclature. I was, I was a young buck. Lamb. Um, and that was, I was actually kind of concerned by that. So the, the previous professional that I worked with in Fresno, we got, we were really close and we, we bounced ideas off each other and, and, um, and yeah, I thought he was really, really good at his job. And so going to a new position, I was concerned about that, about having that same resource, that same hand in hand partner, um, to get people where we needed them to go. And so I remember asking like, okay, what's a strength coach like? They're like, well, <laughs> we don't really have one because um, Adam Herman had just left to go to Northwestern, I think, right? Uh-huh. And so they said right now, um, Tyler Whitmer is covering men's and women's basketball. And, you know, we're in the process of hiring for that position permanently. It's gonna, and it's going to be the director of sports performance for that room. So I was a little concerned because it, it was unclear. Um, now, as I got on campus and, I think that he was the front runner from the beginning. It still is a little bit, and maybe you could speak to it more, but you just, you don't, you don't know for sure. I mean, until you sign the paper, you can't be totally certain. Um, But once we started working together, um, I think one of the first days (laughs) in the way, I don't remember, I think it was, um, I think it was the overhead sport. It might've been softball that I watched for just a short time. Lane might've been taking me around and I remember writing down some notes and he comes over and he's like, what are you writing? <laughs> first, first interaction. Uh, or maybe. close to first yeah, interaction. Yeah, it might have been. Okay. Yeah. No, that was out of curious, not judgment. 
I'm sure it came well, across judgment, very curious. Yeah. The judgment came after when we talked. I'm just kidding. No. And, no, it, I, and it was, I remember saying that. I was like, hey, man, what are you writing? It's more like how I said it. I mean, <laughs> it Do you remember what you were writing? I think it was just questions. Okay. Yeah, like, um, and I didn't, because I didn't know. You just never know when you walk in someone else's room, they're, they're, they're carrying out their craft. They may not be approachable. You may not, you just don't know. So I was writing down questions. Um, as I was observing so that I could ask and maybe more pertaining to our sport, but, um, yeah. Now, what your spirit animal animal was, was not one of the questions. I, I will <laughs> say it been. we, part of the spirit animal conversation comes back to you two are a great representation of the camaraderie that can exist and does exist at Boise state. So much so that when we have people come through in the creative services world for interviews, I want them to meet both of you and, you were viewed by our most recent candidate who did accept a position. will be joining Boise state as the closers because <laughs> you came in and, and made sure that he felt like this would be a good fit. And so much so same thing, uh, trying to gauge Tyler Whitmer's personality mid conversation, apparently just throws in what's your spirit animal. And yeah. the candidate goes, are you, are you serious? Yeah. And you said, absolutely. Yeah. And was it an acceptable answer? We don't have to go into what the answer was, but did you believe it was an acceptable answer? Yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm a coach, so I understand personalities and archetypes. And, and I know that's a big word, but it's true. That's a big real word, big word. Yeah. word for a performance coach. <laughs> Correct. I, 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 I do read a little. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm studying, I'm reading your body language and, and the answer he gave and based on tone and uh, delivery of his message, I was like, okay, I'll accept that answer. Now, and we had a great breakfast after. Yeah. And and he agreed to become a Bronco, which is huge. Yes. So so thank you to both of you yes. for, for being the closers in that situation. Dom, our our Dom, pleasure. Dom dropped him off and said, I don't screw it. Yeah, don't screw it up. Yeah. We we need this to work. <laughs> and we said we will very much screw this up. <laughs> but the choice is his. <laughs> now you two, I I don't know any better way to describe it. You spend so much time together at work. You spend so much time together on the road. Uh, when you first got here, you two were roommates, obviously, on the road. Uh, that COVID season was miserable where you're on the road, you're away from your house, you're away from your family for so long. You become surrogate family, whether you want to be or not. And the best way I can describe you two in the interactions you have is almost like an old married couple. The The bickering, the snarky jokes, and the... Very, very dry-witted sarcasm is palpable to anybody. How does that develop, and how do you describe your relationship when you are on the road and if you do have to share a roommate with one another? I, I think it's natural, I think. I think I'm, I'm uh, the one thing, not the one thing, but one of the first things that we sort of bonded over was being from Colorado. And that's, I kind of, there is something about, Colorado natives that think we're better than everybody, honestly. And it's not right. And I, and maybe that's true for Idaho too. People from Idaho feel a little bit special about being from Idaho. I do want to stop you though. Cause you said Colorado. Correct. I was under the impression people from that state had Colorado and it's only people from the South that say Colorado. You say it. Uh, Colo <laughs> Colorado, Colorado. You, cause you've got the soft a. Colorado, not Colorado. I don't know. I've, I've talked about this with some friends too. And it's your elitism is like really spilling out of every port of yeah. your body right now. That's good feedback. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But that is something that we bonded over right away and, and talk about, sure. you know, 
what part of Colorado and, and from, so that, that's kind of where it started. And I think there was just a good comfort level. Cause I, I don't think either of us uh, pretended to be something we weren't. And I think we knew that right away. So, mm-hmm. so Colorado, Colorado, you're from Colorado Springs. Yes. You're from Fort Collins. Nope. South side of Denver. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> correct. What I, city? Uh, Highlands Ranch, Colorado. That sounds fancy. It has that vibe, but it's, it's a really tough neighborhood. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So between you two, what is the better home city? As you dispute the merits of Colorado, Colorado Springs or fancy South side of Denver? Ooh, honestly, I mean, <clears throat> another quality of mine that I pride myself on is humility. So I There are elements of the Springs that I like a little bit more. It's not nearly as populated yet. They're the hiking and and some of the trails. And then um, it's a little bit more open. I mean, Denver has just exploded in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, when I went to school at at CSU, from my house to Fort Collins, it would take an hour and 10, 15 minutes um, with minimal traffic. Now that's a two-hour drive plus. And that's straightly just because you got to drive through downtown Denver. So obviously you have more in Denver, um, but the Springs is, is I think awesome. Yeah. I think growing up there as you like get into high school and get a little bit older, you kind of itch for something to do like past nine o'clock kind of, and, and a lot of places closed, but I like people have asked me before, could I go back? And I, I think I could, you know, like maybe start looking to raise a family. I, I think that'd be a great place to do that. Um, yeah. Now we'll go back to basketball centered questions. This year's Bronco basketball team has been a ton of fun to watch. I think it's safe to say there, there were a couple questions, maybe not internally, but you lose so many quality players off last year's championship team. You bring in some new faces. You've got some freshmen that are contributing, but there wasn't a whole lot of certainty on what to expect from this year's team. It's been incredibly fun to watch incredibly competitive basketball. What about this team? Do you believe leads to success on the court and gives you hope that an, a potential repeat is on the, on the table. I, I mean, we both by definition are in support staff roles. And at the end of the day, the success that the team had last year, I mean, really the last like three or four years collectively, that's a reflection of the coaching staff. It's a reflection of our administration too, investing a lot of time and resources to, to get these kids what they, what they need and really what they deserve to compete at a high level. And then we, we do, we have unbelievable kids. I mean, you know, you rewind a couple years, like a jab was so special, his emotional leadership, how hard he played and every Bronco fan out there could see that. And then just how he developed into more of a leader and, and somebody that took ownership of the team. And, and then you look at who we have now with, with Marcus Shaver and, and Tyson. I mean, those are, those are two special individuals and then it just goes down the list. I mean, every one of those kids on that roster, we have great kids. They're good in the community. They want to do right. They're coachable. They work hard. And it's a reflection of the program as a whole. And I, I think that's what, what makes them special. And as if Coach Rice and, and that everybody that's involved with recruiting, they keep bringing in kids like that. I mean, there's, there's no stopping them. I mean, I think that sums it up pretty well, but. Adam, anything you want to add about the success of this team? No, that's well said. Yeah. And I think for Adam and I, it really is. One thing that I think helps us get along so well is 
we, it, it, we really put the health of those guys at the forefront. I mean, at the end of the day, do they need to get stronger, bigger, faster? Of course, but not all of them and in varying degrees. And so Adam's done an awesome job helping me see that as well, that doesn't matter how much they back squat if they're not available. It doesn't matter um, how many, you know, how many reps on bench press they can bang out if they can't shoot. Uh, like the sport has to be the main thing. And that's something that we're always kind of reminding ourselves on and making sure that we help attack is that guys are available, they're durable, and and they can compete night in and night out. You mentioned one thing, putting the student athlete first, which is something Boise State prides itself on. And that brings up an interesting topic of the COVID seasons. And from an athletic training perspective, obviously you all were running the show, making sure people were safe to compete, staff were safe to come into work. It seems like a lifetime ago, but it really wasn't. That has to take such a strain on support staff members that are traveling with these teams where you're putting all your effort into making sure they're okay. How do you make sure as a staff member, you're also keeping yourself healthy, both physically and emotionally? Uh, that sucked. <laughs> I think most people would agree with that. I think, I think for me in order, like my you know, mental and physical wellness, um, exercising and, and getting outside are two of my biggest things. And it was really tough to do that during that time. Cause you know, we didn't want a bunch of people indoors in the weight room, um, didn't have a ton of extra time to get out and do stuff. So it was tough. I mean, uh, relied on my network of support, you know, family and friends, stuff like that a lot. And, and, and people here too, because I, it wasn't just me going through it. Right. We had, um, how many other 18 other sports that are doing the exact same thing, trying to play a season, um, with some high expectations of, of delivering at a high level. So, um, yeah, it was tough, but I think the support we had between each other as athletic trainers, between our, um, team physicians. And then I, I will say, we, we built a lab on campus. We, I didn't do it, but, but the campus leadership, Dr. Trump, Alicia Esty saw the benefit of building this genetic ID infection or um, genetic infectious disease research lab and built it during COVID. And that made the biggest difference. I mean, being able to get the testing at a high um, quality control with fast turnarounds and easy access put us so much farther ahead than our counterparts across the conference. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to describe the difference that that made. Um, so when we went to, we went to Colorado state, this was the following. Yeah. So 20 spring 21, we went to Colorado state and the way that season worked, you go on the road for two games. It was like a, a Thursday, Saturday, I think. I think it varied, but yeah, but you'd, you'd play a, two and three. And and you had to get three COVID tests a week. And so you had to test on the road, which was not fun. And I am shocked we didn't have any issues. But one example was, I, you know, we have to sign up for UC Health. And they did a great job of having people come in and do that for us. But it was, you know, not supremely convenient. And you're not sure what how to get results. But what we had here was um, far and away better. So I think that made a huge difference in terms of our ability to come back early and train um, and, and get ready for our season and even just have a small bit of what feel, felt like normal uh, made a big difference. 
I go back to the 2021 Mountain West tournament and just the uncertainty of showing up in the morning, getting your COVID test, sitting in a room for an hour, waiting to see who was going to pop positive, And if anyone did, the close contact. So you could feasibly go in in the morning thinking all staff's healthy, all players are good to go. And then half of those people are taken out by game time at 2 p.m. that same day. So very, very surreal to think about. And just how much as an athletic trainer did it change what you do? Because I feel like I might be over-exaggerating, but more than 50% of your job at that point became monitoring and testing and just being aware of COVID. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a lot of help um, in terms of, of testing on game days. I, I, my Kata and, and um, some other athletic trainers would help me on game day. So I didn't have to worry about that. So I, I felt very well supported to do that. Um, one thing that's actually, you know, from a, from a medical standpoint and making this medical decisions, I never have viewed it as my job to decide if something's important enough to play or not. So if somebody, if it's kind of questionable and about whether they should play, whether you can play and it's safe, that's fine. But whether you should play, I try not to make too much of a decision on that. However, during the COVID year, when we didn't know if we were going to play another game, literally you have a game on Friday, you may not play it. And if you play on Friday, you might not play Sunday or whatever day. Um, so that was kind of how I approached it. I said, look, we literally don't know the rest of the season could get canceled easily. You have no idea. So just play because if you can, you should. And um, that's, that was one distinct change that I made in my practice um, compared to other years. Now we'll turn the page to a more lighthearted topic. Both of you fans of the office noted office references throughout text conversations, verbal conversations, the movie Step Brothers. There's a lot of quotes that get thrown around often in the athletic department from you two. So quickly give me your top three television and movies. Somebody just asked me this yesterday, actually. So uh, it's the office. Um, Same. Number and one. then I, I, I had to give them my top five list of movies, which I'm probably just going to have to cheat and do that, which was um, the other guys, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, The Battle of Ricky Bobby, uh, Wedding Crashers, which is probably number one. <clears throat> and then um, this is the end. Of all, course, they're all comedies. All comedies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, not a whole lot of diversity in the genre of movies, but all classics yeah. without question. Although I watched um, No Country for Old Men. I've, I watched it a long time ago. I watched it again. That is a fantastic movie. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you asked for three of each, correct? I did. Are you going to follow those Yeah, I'm going to follow rules? directions. Okay. Yeah. It, like you asked us to. Um, number one show would be The Office. Number two would be probably Yellowstone. Uh, very realistic. Number three would be Ozark. So those two kind of fall in a similar category. Yeah. But they are very binge worthy. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't really try to binge them because I also know that too much TV consecutively is, is bad for our brain, but we can save that for another topic of discussion for movies. <clears throat> number one and number two would be 21 and then 22 jump street. I also feel like our connection does have some Channing Tatum 
Jonah Hill vibes to it. And which one are what? you? I'm Channing no. Tatum. I, hey, Jonah Hill. I like Jonah Hill. I <laughs> No, there's some similarities in like that movie. It's like, oh, well, there's me and Yetter. Are you... Are you trying to equate yeah, yeah, the yeah, physical no. <laughs> nature of Channing Tatum to yourself? I, I would say maybe. I mean, obviously, height-wise, I'm probably more on the Jonah Hill. Uh, <laughs> are you two-strapping it? Are you two-strapping? <laughs> Dude, I, I like I would no-strap it if I could. <laughs> um, backpacks. Um, and then number three movie, I, I would I would put Step Brothers as number three. I. Again, it's just a special uh, collection of of acting talent, uh, story writing, and then delivery. Now, a question for both of you as a follow-up. If you had to ascribe one office character to one another, who is Adam most like and who is Tyler most like from the office cast and why? Um, you really want that answer? One thousand. I don't think I want that answer. Yetter is Gabe. <laughs> Go. <laughs> he's threatening Andy to back off, Aaron. Yes. Yes. He's tall and gangly, kind of like that. And <laughs> I think somebody called him like a spooky skeleton yeah. at one point. Yeah. Damn. How do you how do you respond? Do you feel that's an attack? No, not Gabe's, even close. Gabe's a great oh, well, character. I'm the flusher. I was the toilet. I'm the toilet. And he says, Robert California sends me the problems and I flush them away. Mm-hmm. And Dwight, Dwight is <laughs> he goes, just at the end. He just flushes him. Who do you, who do you think you are yet? Or you think you're Jim? I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> he does have some sarcastic looks I, when he uh, walks by the office. Yeah, Other people tell me that. Not that I bring it up a lot. Like, Hey, do you think I'm like Jim or, um, I how think- many people have randomly told you you're like Jim? Twice last week. I don't believe you. <laughs> Literally, actually, though, once this week, and it's happened before, too. But So it's happened at least twice over the he's last He's a really likable guy. Years. I've actually been convinced. told, this is true, I've been told twice I look like Tim Tebow. And I don't, That's, yeah. I don't think. Dead serious. I disagree. Not a member of the Office cast. No. But. But a recognizable just name. wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Just, just. I wanted to throw that out there. Channing Tatum, Tim Tebow, yeah. modest guy. Yeah. Something in between. Humility. <laughs> who, who, what office character am I, Yetter? Uh, I had it in my head. Oh. Um, Creed. No, Bob Vance. Vance Refrigeration. You, you'll just let us know. So like self-promoter? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what line of work are you in, Bob? <laughs> uh <laughs> I we'll, do. Have, we'll have we'll have boosters or or, or uh, friends of the program at practice. Tyler Whitmer, sports performance director. How's it going? I don't say director. Often. That's not true. Often. That's not true. Oh, excuse me, director of sports performance. Not true as well. <laughs> I say sports I said, performance, you, health, and wellness because I'm bought into the entire program. Can you stop bothering me? Is what they say. I. That's a nice pull, because well, I don't believe that's modern day. Coach Whitmer, 30 years down the road, I can see that personality just very, very positive up front, not afraid to introduce himself to anybody, not afraid to let you know where he stands, where you stand. That's pretty solid. He's going to meet a young man, you know, he's going to shake his hand. He didn't even look me in the eye. What are you, what, what's the deal with that guy? 
That's oh, that's you. That would actually you do that now. Oh yeah, no, that happens now. I will correct your handshaking abilities on the spot if I don't feel like it. The technique is there. Is that in your internship curriculum? <clears throat> yeah. Do you, is that something we could talk about? Yeah, the, I'd uh, love to. Performance internships. Let's hear about it. Take it away. What? Well, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool. I think um, the the comparison between athletic training and sports performance is that athletic training is it has a history of, of um, academia, like curriculum, you know, like, like my degree is in athletic training and, and a lot of sports performance is kind of the apprenticeship internship, like learn on the job on floor learning. Yeah. So it's kind of a big responsibility because there's not a lot of oversight necessarily in terms of what you're teaching. Um, and I didn't really realize that, I guess, until I saw the effort that you and your staff put into writing this curriculum for, the sports performance internship. Um, so did you want to mention anything? Well, my staff deserves all the credit. <clears throat> they, they're the ones that have really taken, taken it and ran with it. And, you know, Lucas Johnson, Jared Nelson and, and Lauren Saleh, they do an awesome job with it. And they recruit student interns and, you know, it's led to a cool kind of partnership with kinesiology on campus to find students that might gravitate towards this field and, it's it's my belief that if we can teach them when they're pretty um, impressionable, uh, that they'll just kind of lay a foundation to to have a successful career, or also help them that maybe your strengths aren't meant for the collegiate setting, but you might be better suited for you know tactical population or, or general population, or maybe occupational therapy, physical therapy. So, but what's awesome though, <clears throat> all kidding aside, with with how we banter back and forth, our two entities, sports performance and sports medicine, we really do try to collaborate with each other as much as possible. I mean, I'll have Adam help me write the programs over the summer, over the fall. What adjustments do we need to make? Because his eyes see something different that mine might not. Um, and it's a great way to teach him maybe about progressions or regressions with certain movements. And then also to sprinkle in things that all the guys need, you know, we have some quote unquote preventative movements or things that attack small inadequacies and in how they move. And sometimes it's like, Hey, they all need this. So let's put it in the warm up or let's make it its own block. And he's done an awesome job with, with helping with that. And, and, um, you know, I would never say it to his face, but he is a wonderful person and, a, and, a, and, uh, a great contributor to what we do, but I would never say that. To Why his wouldn't face. you say that to his face? We can edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> that will, that'll hit the cutting room for floor. you office junkies. You should know that line as well. Some Easter eggs. Um, and going, we talked about um, what makes this team special. Um, I think we talked about some previous, you know, a bookie jab came up. One thing I think that was pretty cool that we've done and, and, and depends on the year, but over the summer is really where we get to, influence them the most in terms of their body. Um, so we really try to meet them where they're at in terms of what they need for their health, feeling good, being able to perform well and confidently, and then getting them to take those next steps in terms of their body development or, or athletic development or, or speed, strength, that kind of stuff. So at one point we had written four different programs because we had we had brand new athletes or student athletes that we weren't sure what their training status was or what their training history was. We had, we had some guys that were hurting like every day we needed to address that. Uh, we had guys that were 
high level in the weight room. I mean, you could trust that you could, you could put it on the TV. They could do it and do really well. Yeah. And then we had guys that, um, had been in for a year or two and wanted to make some more improvements and did a good job. So, you know, we worked on that together versus this year. We didn't really do that as much because they didn't need all that diversity. Um, and maybe it was a little bit on on our parts to decide maybe a little bit more simple might be a little bit better, but, um, I think it still fit what they needed, um, for themselves this summer and coming into this season. Now that's something that's kind of fascinating to me. You, you talk about everyone's coming in at a different point, right? And someone in particular that I'd be curious to to gather when you felt he was going to be a contributor is Jace Whiting, someone that's not fresh out of high school, someone that's really been away from the game of basketball for two years, goes on an LDS mission, returns to Boise State, and is a major contributor as a true freshman, but it, not your traditional true freshman. Right. So what did he do during those two years of of not being able to competitively play and train to keep himself ready by the time he came back as a freshman. That's another great kid. I mean, Jace has just been awesome and, and just a, he will be a great um, pillar for our program for years to come just with how he operates. And I think, I think everybody can kind of see that too. He was fortunate. We've actually had this discussion, him and I, you know, he goes to Norway, which he did have Finland. access to, to more, Finland. right? He was in Finland. Oh, it was Finland. Finland. Oh, I'm sorry, Jace. Uh, I had a and Finland. <laughs> I knew it was a Scandinavian, um, Nordic, country. Nordic country. Oh, you do yeah. know your geography. I'm telling you. Um, but cause I had actually reached out to him, uh, while he was on his mission and said, you know, we sent him some programs, some really basic stuff. I'm always leery to send a lot because one, are they going to do it? And then two, I don't want to overload him with information. And he comes from a basketball family. That's obvious. Um, so he, he had a little understanding of what he needed to be doing in the gym, maybe taking care of his body, um, when he was outside of the gym, but we would talk a little bit about some of the things he needed to be doing. And when he got here, you could tell, like, he wasn't just sitting around. I mean, he was playing, he was, he was finding ways to, to change his game. And then because of his work ethic, I mean, his body just kind of transformed overnight. Um, he's a strong kid. He moves well. His motor is really high. And those are just, those are some of the things that we didn't really have to teach. I mean, his parents obviously instilled that in him. And, and so, but, um, yeah. And then when you're 20 as a true freshman, mentally, you're just in a different place than an 18, 17, 18 year old. So I think he's been able to grasp concepts of on the court and what it means to be a competitor, maybe a little quicker than a a true fresh, some true freshman might. And um, it's been awesome to see. Now I'm going to open it up to the two of you as, as both noted conversationalists. I've got a few more questions, but what would you like to talk about in this setting? Hmm. I think uh, yesterday. Why are you guys laughing already? I didn't. Even I just. I'm. I'm anxious. Yeah, so yesterday we brought. Um, not we. Um, Sarah Wiles and our Bronco Life staff um, extended an invitation to faculty on campus to come over and and almost like a day in the life of a student athlete, um, which I think is really cool. I think it's hard. And it goes both ways. I think it's hard for faculty and and staff to understand what student athletes do. I think they do have and understanding and patience and realize that it's important to the student athletes and it's important to the university. But it's another thing to go through it if they weren't student athletes themselves. Um, and then the other, the other side too, um, student athletes really want to be, you know, as 
represent their team well and represent their teammates well and represent the department well uh, in the classroom. So they came over, um, got to watch summer practice, took a tour. Uh, and one thing I had mentioned, which is kind of combining a couple of things, but one thing I had mentioned was one reason when, when I talked to Mark and Kate about coming here and they described what they've done as a sports performance, health and wellness department. Um, it just makes sense to me to, to do it that way, because in my opinion, every athlete, every person is on a, is on a continuum of health and performance. And you could be really far on one end and, and not a healthy person. And you could be really far on the other end and be an elite athlete. And I think it's in sports performance, health and wellness. We take care of everything from either side and in between, uh, between nutrition, mental health and counseling, sports medicine and sports performance. And those people change throughout that continuum, right? So you could come in as an untrained athlete and, you know, you've, you've been successful in your sport, but haven't really taken those steps in the weight room or, or nutritionally stuff like that and start taking those steps. Or you could come in, we, we get athletes that had surgery already. They come in in a sling. And so maybe they're a couple steps behind on that continuum and we take them for however high they can go in their potential. So I think in terms of, athletic development or, or philosophies. I think it just makes too much sense to me to do it this way. That's solid. I, I mean, I could talk about a, a multitude of topics at any given time. It's, you know, it's I impressive. En- yeah. I enjoy that, that part. Like you said, noted conversationalist, really all three at this table. I actually would like to take this time to give a shout out to you, Dom and everything you do for our department. I don't think enough Bronco fans really understand the work that Dom and his staff put in to really give unbelievable products and, and to really enhance the the fan experience. And, you know, Jeremiah and his crew have just been great with that. And they've seen the value you and your staff bring, and, you know, they're investing more in that, but, but, Dom is a special person that really has an eye for a lot of this, just really creative and and how to tell the story of our kids and our coaches. And I just, I think he's an individual that deserves a lot more credit that he's given because it's a very behind the scenes, behind the camera job. And I just want to thank you for everything that, that you do to promote staff, coaches, admin, and really this, this campus as a whole. Well, thank you. That was not my intent by asking that. That was, that was a, was there anything you guys maybe wanted to, you know, I I will say that was, that was very heartfelt, but you could have told me that that was a monologue from a movie scene that you crafted up and you just nailed the performance. Thank you. You know, and then acting is always kind of something I've wanted to acting and then being an attorney. Acting. Yeah. Acting. Um, being an attorney. <laughs> yeah. Or an attorney. I, there's, there's a lot a, of life interests. There play. are. And there's a lot that goes on up here that doesn't really make that a, a lot, lot of, of people sense. Don't want to know about. No. I mean, I speak to myself when I drive in the car, um, all good things, but that happens. And, and so, yeah, but, um, other topics of discussion. Well, I'll, I'll jump in real quick while you think about other topics to, to just touch on what you said. Number one, thank you. That, that means a lot. Uh, all the credit really goes to the crew we have. We've got a lot of really quality people in our creative services realm from graphic designers, the live production staff and post-production staff. And I think what, 
what works for our office is no one's abundantly concerned about getting credit. I think uh, some of the stuff you guys are doing is really cool. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, I, I don't pay attention to some of the pomp and circumstance necessarily, but um, some of the pregame video intros, <clears throat> the stuff out on Twitter and Instagram, like it's, it's cool. It's creative. It's like fun to look at. Well, so I, I think any, that is, I mean, any basketball fans listening, when you see our, our, like our Twitter videos and hype videos, like you need to know the name Alex Bell. Cause he's the one that's putting those together. He's shooting them. And we are so lucky he he's here because he's awesome. Yeah. World-class talent, Alex Bell, also world-class talent, Dom Duarte, who travels with the women. And I think Big that's time. one of the things that you'll see across the board is the team's that have the best coverage are the ones that have trust and faith in those staff members that are traveling and they're willing to invest in them. I mean, I go back to women's hoops. A lot of coaches don't like cameras in the locker room and I get it. I I don't, I don't argue that, but Dom Duarte has been embedded with the team. He's been traveling every week. Gordy comes out of the locker room doing the gritty expected by (laughs) nobody. Oh my Lord. It's incredible. It was. And it, it went over really well on social media, ton of views, ton of engagement. And I think those are the things that showcase the program more than just the views, more than the engagement, but it shows you Gordy can have fun. Yeah. The team loves Gordy. They yeah. love the experience that they're having as student athletes. And so being able to highlight those moments of authenticity is really key. And having people like Dom and Alex and our GAs and even our student workers that get embedded with these programs, that's that's what it's all about is that cohesive relationship to where you're not viewed as just a camera operator. You're viewed as someone that's a part of the program. And that goes a long, long way to making everyone like Dom and Alex feel like this is the place to be. And it also just results in better coverage. So it's, that's good stuff. Talking talking about women's basketball, they are on a tear right now. It's incredible. It's It's, time to be peaking. Yeah. And if history says anything, a Gordy Presnell team catching fire ahead of the mountain West tournament is a dangerous thing. Amen. You've been a part of some of those championships. Yep. And I, I do have to say anyone who's ever not gone to the Mountain West tournament, but is pondering it, you got to go. Yeah. It's such a cool experience. There's so much good basketball going on and it really doesn't matter what the seating is prior to the oh, tournament. No. All it means to me is you might play one less game, yep. but every team has a shot. Every team can knock somebody off. If you love March Madness because of all the craziness that can happen, the Mountain West Tournament is that in spades and it's in person. It's affordable uh, compared to NCAA tournaments. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah, uh, I do want to go back to one thing you said, though. You said you you talked to yourself in the car. <laughs> we just glanced over Did that. I say that out loud? <laughs> when you're doing this, are you, are you having monologues? Are you... Are you coming up with jingles? Like you'll drive past a business and come up with a a radio jingle in your head. Yeah. What is the monologue happening in the car when you're by yourself? Yeah. I mean, it's a wide, it's a wide range. There's a lot of singing that happens to kind of get in the mindset of what the artist is experiencing and what it, what the artist wants the listener to experience. So I, yeah, I take that seriously. Um, I'll have conversations with myself about, uh, you know, existential risk of the human race and how should we navigate those as we move forward. A quick pause. We don't do video for this podcast, but this is the first time I'm really regretting it because the (laughs) visceral reaction from Adam Yetter while you break this down is worth having on camera. Yeah, You can't, you can't adequately describe, 
the reactions you two have to one another, whether it's eye rolls, whether it's overt laughter, shaking your head. Uh, but it, it's tremendous and it speaks to your friendship, but, but go on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of main those, or I mean, I'll be thinking about what my, where my next meal is going to come that's, from. Okay. That's the most accurate yeah. thing you said, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, but not in a way that's like, Oh my God, how it's like, I'm starving. Yeah. And I know it's in the backseat and it's going to be from that. <laughs> yeah. And I need to tell my beautiful wife, Hey, we got to get dinner rolling or, uh, so, you know, things like that. When you're in your car with your wife and daughter, same you, exact thing, exact same thing. <laughs> and I, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting your wife. She, she's a very patient without question woman. Yeah. Does she have as much eye roll capability as Adam Yetter does? Oh, more so. I think I, I, I might have kind of learned it from her. Yeah. Just ignore. So, uh, there was, a, she, she like, she hasn't used this reference, but if she ever saw the movie, she would understand. It's like a gremlin. Like if you don't feed it, it won't turn into this monster. So like, don't give it attention. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a great reference. Are you the most hangry person, you know, man? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I don't know a lot more people that, and, but the other thing too is like, one of our basketball managers the other day, I, w- I was in an, I was in a, a neutral mood. I've really tried to either only be positive or neutral. The neutral probably gears towards a little bit negative and agitated. But after I had uh, our snack on the road, he's like, oh, you seem better now. And I, I immediately was like, wow, I really, <laughs> I really show my emotions on what my stomach is like reflecting. That is a good point because you, you generally bring a positive, excited energy. And, and while I can't count a lot of times I've viewed your demeanor as, is salty or negative. It's almost always cured by food. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's valid. I don't think that's a bad quality. No. Yeah. But the challenging thing is that you can't end it. Like you eat and then he's hungry again in like 25 minutes, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe a bowel movement and then fill it, it back up. Yeah. It, <laughs> again, I mean, it's something I live with and I'm, you choose I, to live with it's it. the journey I'm on. You are not, I wouldn't say you're a controversial social media personality coach Whitmer, but I will say the most engaged tweets you get oh, yeah. involve one specific food item. Oh, so yeah. here is your chance. Get on your soapbox and defend a food item that you eat. This is not a joke. You eat often yep. and everyone judges you, myself included, yep. quite harshly for this culinary decision. Well, and I forgive you because <laughs> when you don't understand, you pass judgment and that is not your fault. And over time, you'll <laughs> learn. But sardines, I eat canned sardines pretty frequently. They stink up my house. They stink up my trash can. They're in my backpack pretty frequently. And, and here's why, people. Um, one, they are packed with protein. So as a performance coach, we, we stress the importance of protein for muscle protein synthesis, which is a fancy term for muscle building. Um, they are really high in omega-3 fatty acids, which is fatty acids, which is great for recovery, inflammation, uh, general cardiovascular health. Um, 
they're convenient because I can just pop it open and eat them. Um, I think some of them have a nice smoked richy flavor. Uh, richy. A richy they have a flavor. They have a rich smoked rich flavor. <clears throat> rich smoked rich. Um so I, I just, I think it's kind of, there's also vitamin D, there's iron in them. They are a nutritional powerhouse packed in a really convenient to transport can. I get mine at Costco typically, shout out Costco. Uh, I think I get like 10 of them for $9.99. So then economically they make sense as well. If anybody out there wants to contact me about any name, image, likeness opportunities for sardines, my... Email is open. I am not really a DM individual, but um, like please feel answer. free to reach out to me. Since Adam is kind of quote unquote my assistant, you can also reach out to him and he'll get me that information. Now that's one heck of a sales pitch. Have you made that sales pitch to any of your student athletes across all of the teams you work with and how Constantly. successful has it been? Constantly. Yeah. And I really, um, who, who tried them? Oh, Burke Smith. Burke oh, yeah. Smith uh, agreed to try sardines one time out on the road, and he his his words were they're not that bad. Ringing endorsement. Ringing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay, so I I can't disagree with anything he said. That's all true. Maybe the that flavor, is obvious. Maybe the flavor stuff. But my issue with it is when you open it up on the bus. Oh no, you're not a two that hour person. a two hour ride. Um, oh, where are we going? Oh, I think it was Denver. I think we were driving from Denver to Laramie or something like that. <laughs> Who cracks That's open a brutal. can of sardines and then in the room? Are you? Do you heat up fish in your sport performance yeah, weight I bet room? He does. Microwave. <laughs> um, this says a lot about a person. <laughs> no self awareness. I have had salmon for again bear. Uh, I've had salmon for lunch frequently, and I reserve the right to heat it up. Oh my. When and where I choose uh, choose to do so. I don't know if there's a stronger act of aggression in the office than heating up fish in a common space microwave. Yeah. Or selfishness. You know, no, that's not true. The it's not, it's <laughs> not, <done>. not true. <laughs> you have a microwave, right? Like outside yeah. the store, don't you? Yeah. Good to know. And any tall. <laughs> I, nothing makes me anger, ang more angry in the workplace than smells, odors. Yeah. It just based off food. Yeah. 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 Mostly, uh, the issue with <clears throat> most smells I've got no issue with when it comes to culinary food, I'm allergic to shellfish, so I'm not allergic oh, to the smell, but I don't enjoy it. It does make me sick to my stomach. And if you heat, heat it up in the common space microwave that seeps into the entire department. You're bringing your lunch it's to just, hundreds of people. It's just shocking. We have to explain this. Mm. You're an adult. You've got a family. How, how do you not understand the, I don't know, consequences? I mean, I don't, I don't mean word, to come but, after you this yeah. aggressively, no, that, but I just, fine. I want I the world it. to know I can handle it. that I don't honest feedback. I, I don't think that's the right move. I think, where do I, where do I heat up my, my tasty nutritious lunch? Then? <laughs> Eat it at home. Eat other options. There choices. are so many options. Yeah. Or if you like salmon, have smoked salmon that doesn't need to be heated up. Yeah, or that, eat valid. cold shrimp. Like there's there's ways to get around this. Uh, we were running out of time. I think it's a power move. I know. 
<laughs> I know both of you have to go. So I've got two more questions before we let you go for both of you. As we mentioned earlier, you both have been roommates on the road. Rate your roommate pros and cons of being a roommate on basketball trips. Both Tyler Whitmer, Adam Yetter. Specific to each other? Yes. Well, to be open, we, we have mixed around a little bit. Um, we've all been kind of trying to get not rid of Tyler, but I think I think he just wears on people a little bit. <laughs> I microwave my food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he brings his salmon. It's all come full That's circle. That's the reason. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's the reason. So you're talking like what's the pros and cons of yeah. him as a roommate? Um, um, Conversation's going to be good. <laughs> That's a pro. Yeah, no, I mean we. It's yeah, we're friends. We're buddies. It's nice to to have that in the room. Um, con, sometimes the sardines. I got used to it. I don't you know. keep it too cold. Oh, the temperature. Yeah, we were we had good uh, you know temperature agreement. Yes. What is um, the ideal temperature on the road? 69. Sure. I think it needs to be, I kind of gravitate more towards that like 64 range because. <clears throat> is that your peak performance zone is a little bit chillier? My peak sleep zone. Ah. You want it dark, cold, like a cave, like a bear would sleep in. Yeah. And I would agree with that too. <clears throat> I don't like lights. I mean, the he, he covers up the alarm clock, which is I think a little strong, but. That's a very strong. All mouth. about performance. Sometimes I'll put a towel underneath the door so it blocks out the light from the hallway. I mean, these are free tips we're giving you people on how to make your next hotel stay the most efficient you can. Well, cherry juice at night. Yep. Little he, cherry juice. Night, I'll be cherry. He, he tucks me into bed with some cherry juice. It's kind of nice. We do read stories to each other too. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. What's the, what's the go-to story? Um, well, Usually it's like a, a part of a book that either of us are reading. Like, hey, you need to read this real quick. Or I don't care if he wants to hear it or not. I'm just going to start reading it out loud. Um, cherry, yeah, we cherry juice. What uh, is what is the benefit of cherry juice? Uh, from my understanding, cherry juice has a, a specific amino acid in it that's a precursor to melatonin, which is the hormone that helps you fall asleep a little bit quicker. So we promote that for the guys prior to the night before a game and they'll drink that as well. What kind of cherry does it come from? Do you know? Tart. Tart. It's tart. Oh, cherry so juice. it's not tart like a, a pleasant Bing cherry. Well, it's not like a, a no, it tastes good. You know? It's just okay. not overly sweet. It is yeah. definitely more tart. You wouldn't want to drink a pint glass of the no. cherry juice. It, I, probably that's not. probably a lot. Okay. Yeah. Only like four to six ounces. It's also an antioxidant. So some of the free radicals out there in your system and, um, that kind of helps with some of the inflammation too. Uh, I really don't have a con for Yetter. I think he's, cause when I, I have snore, a, I snore I'm a every snorer. now and then that is true. There was one time I think I did say, Hey, roll to your side. Cause when you sleep on your back, that's not how he said it. I said, please. <laughs> I'm sure that was used. <laughs> when you sleep on your back, you are more prone to open your mouth and mouth breathing leads to snoring. Yeah. I'm a mouth breather. Unfortunately. Yep. And so, there is, if anybody's interested, I, we've experimented with taping mouths shut, um, which has a that lot. We have <laughs> me and myself. I have slept with my, I use some cloth. Tape. Are you being serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out book, uh, breath by James Nestor talks about that. And that, that is one. And I'm serious. There's dentists out there that say, you know, try taping your mouth shut to help with bad breath, snoring. Now, Wait now, listeners, 
go seek medical attention or advice first. I am, I'm not saying put a piece of gorilla tape over your mouth. You're not advocating. I'm not advocating. However, do a Google search on mouth taping for bed and see what comes up. So you had a dentist tell you that you needed to tape your mouth shut. He didn't tell me that. He actually did tell my, he did tell my mom that. And she got mad because I had mentioned that to her and she's like, well, he was right. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's fascinating. It improves bad breath. Yeah. Because when you breathe, you think about it, like your mouth gets dry and it's just, it festers bacterial growth. Yeah. Cause your saliva helps carry that stuff out. And yeah, man, we're learning. So this is the most informational podcast we've had. Well, that's the kind yeah. of stuff that we talk. I mean, often in all seriousness, just, we do because it, it impacts health. It impacts performance. We just have a very sarcastic and comedic way to, to tie it all in. This is actually a very good snippet of how we, cause uh, you know, taper mouth shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll finish with this before we let you go. You both have worked in college athletics. You've been a part of championship teams. You've been to cool venues, what stands out, not necessarily just at Boise State, but in all your time as a, as a student, as a graduate assistant, what is the most iconic sporting event you've ever been to, whether it's as a working staff member or a fan? My, mine, I think my number one was Ohio State, Michigan in 2016. Over time, the, the one yard first down by JT Barrett or maybe Curtis Samuel, I don't quite remember, but that was that was probably the best game I've ever been to. And honestly, top three or five maybe was this, um, this game against Mexico this past year in the pit. That was, it had everything. I mean, it was, it was fun. I mean, obviously we didn't get the result we wanted, but man, was it fun to, to be around. Yeah. The experience of watching that was also a roller coaster. The three point shot by Tyson Dagenhart oh. to go to overtime was unbelievable. So yeah, yeah, I, one of those games, I don't, I'm not a yeller and a screamer as a fan, but that one got me off the couch. Yeah. That was uh, that was pretty exciting. Yeah. How about yourself, Tyler? Uh, for me, <clears throat> I did go to KU for my master's degree, and I, I got to go to the last bef- when they paused the series when mm-hmm. Missouri was joining the SEC. It was the last uh, Kansas Missouri game in the Fieldhouse, and that was they came back from like 15 down. That was a really cool experience. As a coach, though, when the, the Mountain West title championship game last year against San Diego State this uh, last March, I mean, it was just unbelievable. It just was <clears throat> kind of the culmination of the effort and, and everything that so many people had put into that. And then for us to get a defensive stop to win that game and that title was of a feeling that you just want to keep chasing. And who other than a, a Buki Jeb to do that? No question. Against Mountain West was he the mountain West? Player? No, it was a uh, Pullum had the ball and he, he missed that little floater, but it, it, it was, it was just collective. That entire defense was just scrambling and, and it, it just was a reflection of that team, that coaching staff and, and everything that everybody had worked to get to that moment. As we leave, I want you both to leave us with your favorite quote, inspirational, sarcastic, comedic, whatever you got, leave us with a quote. This is the most in-depth thinking we've had all day. Oh man. Cause I, I do, I do want to leave something, uh, actually <laughs> like somewhat serious. Um, man, it's tough to not go to a stepbrothers or office quote for you. Yeah. Say you miss a hundred percent. 
percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Michael Scott. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. That's <laughs> that's a that's a classic. Um, one of mine that I like a lot is um, Andre Agassi in his book called Open. Um, he described getting he had a cortisone injection into his back. That's kind of part of the reason that towards the end of his career, uh, some back problems. And he said the doc told him, are you feeling pressure? He goes, yeah, like you wouldn't believe, you know, because it's you get to win. And, and he said, well, pressure is how you know everything's working. And, of course, he was talking about the injection, right? But if you're not feeling pressure or anxious towards something, or if you are, it just means you care about it. If you weren't, if you didn't feel any pressure, if you didn't feel any sort of anxiety and, and kind of a healthy anxiety, then you probably don't care about it. So that's what I took from that. I like it. Uh, the one that I actually try to live by, and it is biblical, but it's Proverbs 14, 23. It says that all uh, in, in toil lead toil in toil leads to profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So basically like put in the work, do the work, good things are bound to happen. Don't be somebody that just speaks about it. Um, cause that, that leads to no outcome. I love it. I'll leave you with this and you can write this quote. I'm a big fan of Anthony Bourdain, the late Anthony Bourdain. Uh, I think he's brilliant. Love all of his shows, all the food. We talk a lot about food. I love food. So his is be relentlessly curious without fear or prejudice. Boom. It's strong. Yeah. Been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you both. Thank you, Dom. Thank you so much to Adam and Tyler. They're wonderful people who I love working with, and they make Boise State a better place to be. Good luck to them and the rest of the men's basketball team as they wrap up their regular season on the road at Utah State before heading into the Mountain West Tournament. We all hope they'll be playing for a while longer. We do want to remind Bronco Nation that Saltzer Health and Intermountain Healthcare is an official sponsor of the Broncos. Visit saltzerhealth.com slash gobroncos to find out about healthcare options and to learn more. A busy weekend all around for the Broncos with softball on the road for another tournament before they return to Boise for their first home series of the season against Portland State on March 11th. Men's tennis is on the road in California. Beach volleyball also on the road in California for a tournament, while the gymnastics team is in Minnesota going up against the Golden Gophers. Lastly, the Mountain West basketball tournament is right around the corner. I cannot recommend it enough for any fan of men's and women's basketball. Broncos always put on a good performance on both sides, and there are bound to be some crazy finishes. So make sure you're either watching on the Mountain West Network and CBS Sports Network, or get your tickets and get to Vegas. It's going to be a good one. That is it for this week's episode. We'll see you next time.